Hey everybody, Dave here. Just wanted to let you know real quick that uh, this episode, even though it is out 13 or 14 hours late, is out now. And sorry about all the spaces that are normally edited out. Things happen, just didn't get the, get, get the editing done properly this time. Hope you enjoyed it anyway. Have a good day. And the Vortex opens up, and we come out of the Speed Force. Hey everybody, Dave here, and it is time for Flash Time on Out of the Speed Force. How are you doing tonight, Greg? Uh, I think I might be in trouble tonight. Uh, there's, uh, if there's anything I learned from this episode, it's uh, don't trust women. And uh, I made that remark to my wife at the end of this episode, and uh, she told me that if I, I said that on the podcast, I'd be in trouble. So, uh, well, looks like you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I'm uh, going to have to uh, fake my own demise, I think, tonight. But you know, that's a a common occurrence on a, on the CW shows. So uh, I, I've learned a lot. Um, you know, I, so I, I think I've got a good plan. You know, get get a lookalike or something. Yeah, yeah. Your wife didn't happen to be named Selena, did she? I mean, Kyle, maybe last uh, name. No, or, or was it Sue? I can't remember. All those, all those cat burglar women—they they all look alike yeah. to me. So many, uh, so many uh, tricksters out there. Okay, well, obviously we're talking about uh, a girl named Sue, or Selena, or Catwoman, or whatever because I mean poor Ralph finally finds the girl he's been looking for since pre season and turns out she's actually possibly a bad guy I think um, I would put her more in the uh, chaotic well chaotic neutral I would say if we're we're going through um the D and D terms of alignment. Mm, yeah, that works. Or lawful neutral, one of the two. I think chaotic works better because lawful, you know, it kind of has the whole implication of oh, yeah. law abiding there, and she's definitely not oh, that. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, chaotic is definitely uh, definitely more appropriate. I agree. All right. So, I know you have the IMBD description up there, if I got those letters in the right order. You want to go ahead with that, Greg? Because my computer is all tied up with streaming and recording and stuff. Absolutely. So, the summary for A Girl Named Sue. After months of searching for Sierra Dearborn, Ralph gets a lead on her whereabouts and finally comes face-to-face with his missing client. However, Sue refuses to return home to her family and instead takes Ralph on a daring adventure. Iris faces a new challenge while Barry considers a potentially dangerous request from a trusted source. Ooh. I was going to say, I hope they mentioned the Iris arc because that was basically the other major arc of the story uh, this week. 
Yeah, no, this is, um, I've noticed this, the past few episodes, and maybe it's just they were recorded, like, you know, they were filming during Crisis or something, but uh, it definitely feels like um, the Friends of Flash featuring uh, right. the Flash. Right. The, the whole title of the series right now does not seem like it should be The Flash. We haven't really seen much of him since Crisis. But uh, like you said, they could be filming schedules. They could have been recording some of these or most of these during the Crisis filming when Grant was more needed for that. Right. But let's talk about Sue for a while. We got a, we got a rich girl cat burglar thief. Yes, and it was this episode today. I'd been calling her Sue Dearborn. Yeah, it's Dearborn. Uh, yes, Dearborn. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of a, a little... At first I was like, oh, did I... Are they just pronouncing it weird? And then I realized, that, oh, no, I just... I've been reading it wrong. I think there's like a Dearborn around Chicago, so that's what I was uh, probably thinking of. I don't know much about the geography over there, but I know there's a Dearborn, Michigan. Maybe you've been thinking about that. Yeah, probably. That's pretty close. Yeah, so the way they introduced Sue, I thought was pretty neat. He goes out to find her, and all of a sudden, boom! Explosions! Flying women. Yes. You know, it's it's definitely a, a good way to kick off the episode and introduce her with a bang. Yeah, I was wondering at the, at the beginning of the episode where uh, Ralph's in there with, with uh, oh, for the life of me, I keep forgetting the DA, the former DA's name. Oh yeah, no, it's Mrs. No, it's Captain not, West. Wait, C- Cecile. Mm. My mind was stuck on Selena for a while there. I wonder why. But, uh, yeah, Mrs. Captain West, uh, you just said it, and I I forgot it already. Too busy trying to be funny. Cecile, that's it. That's it, Cecile. Yeah. Trying to get Ralph to go home, and apparently he'd been holed up in his, uh, his office there for days and days and days. At least one, but something smelled like it died there. I mean, he'd been in there a bit. Yeah, you know, uh, you get that when you're you're working on a project. Mm, definitely, definitely. But uh, yeah, so he's there trying to get everything all worked out, and then all of a sudden, months and months and months later, there's a there's a ping on one of the one of the accounts. As I was sitting there watching this episode the first time through, because I watched it again about two hours ago post or pre-recording again wondering Ralph don't you see something fishy about this she just showed up out of the blue after months and months and months of being off the grid and just when you're about to give up the ghost as it were maybe try something new all of a sudden one of your little uh, bots gives you something that you need 
you know. Seemed a little convenient. I, I suppose. I, I was kind of blind a little bit to the twist because I was relying a little too heavily on the comics uh, to kind of foresee the eventual twist, which I should have, uh, you know, in retrospect, um, just because they, they are a couple in the comics. Um, so a lot of the twists that, that came with um, this episode, uh, well, at the end, I just didn't see coming. And then afterwards I thought about, oh, it's like, oh, like a film noir. I should have been, uh, I should have seen it coming. Well, they played it pretty good with with the the way they did this. You know, she's playing playing the damsel in distress for the the good guy, and in all reality, she's just playing everybody. And you know, it's funny because I was watching um, Legends last week, and it was like a an episode or two ago that where they uh, went back to uh, the nineteen forties Hollywood, um, and they did their own film noir. Mm-hmm. Episode uh, with the uh, with the damsel in distress that be- betrays the heroes, and uh, so we have a little bit of uh, unintentional um, synergy, kind of like how we had um, both Barry and Oliver going to prison right. two seasons ago. Okay, so I guess that kind of threw me off too. It may have. I guess that's the advantage I've got. I don't have I don't have the ability to rely on the comics, so being vaguely aware that Sue and Ralph are a couple in the comics doesn't really play with my expectations of the TV show, and I just don't watch Legends right now. Yeah. No, but you know, um, I mean, I was. I'll admit, as soon as. Um, I, I found out what the episode title was and saw that Sue was going to be in this episode. I was, I was, I got pretty excited because I've been waiting for this, uh, the fruition for this storyline and, uh, and for her to finally appear and, uh, seeing how she fit into all of this because it really seems like she's going to play a major part in this story going forward. You know, whether or not she appears in every episode is one thing, but she's definitely going to be a, a major player in this um, the black hole story. Definitely, because it does seem that her main intent behind getting that diamond was finding out the information, quote unquote, that was hidden in the diamond, the black hole symbol being in there. See, and she had uh, the McClellick stuff laying around with Joseph Carver there yeah, picture and whatnot. So it looks like it's pretty obvious that she's after something that they have at the very least as a thief. Yes. But you know, like for all the buildup, um, I actually, I I really liked the chemistry between, uh, between Sue and, uh, and Ralph. Yeah. They, they played that very well. They played it as they are, two sides of the same coin like they mm-hmm. use a lot of the they used a lot of the same lines between the characters you you could feel that they were like even as, even as just as a person watching the show and not having Cecile's empathic powers 
that they were playing off the same playbook. And uh, even Cecile herself in the show saying, hey, you guys are like on the same wavelength. When I read you there, I could barely tell you apart. Right. So, yeah, it's one of those things you, you have to look at it and wonder, is this what Ralph could have been had he not gotten on that bus? Yeah. No, definitely. It's because uh, you know, he was definitely more corrupt at the start of it all. But, uh, you know, thanks to the influence of Barry and everything, you know, he turned a new leaf. So. Yeah. So we also have very little, we had very little Nash this episode, but we've had very little Nash all season. But I've been wondering since the end of last week's episode, do we have a Wells that is going crazy? And now he's seeing Harry when he's just anywhere. Yeah, no, that's a, that is an interesting point. Um, I'm not sure where they're going with this, whether it's, you know, he's uh, trapped in Wells, in Nash's mind or, or what, or if he found a way to uh, survive, but just isn't a corporeal or something. Well, there's also the theory going around out there that it's Eobard. Have to give uh, the Flash TV Talk guys a little shout out there because that's probably their theory. I haven't listened to this week's episode yet. That will be tomorrow's project when I'm doing the dishes or something. To catch up with that. But yeah. uh, you, you know, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, me too. I really don't. They would. I and mean, he's so. I don't know. It, it would be disappointing to me if it was just Eobard. I mean, you have to always keep that option open when we're dealing with, um, you know, when we're dealing with the Wellses. But uh, oh, true that there, there's a reason I made uh, the the uh, cover art and slash logo for our show half red, half yellow. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, much like. Um, you know, Sue and Ralph, you have uh, Barry and uh, Eobard. Mm-hmm. Although not as dark with... Uh, no, with not Sue as dark with Sue. But but similar ideas and, you know, reflect... And also Iris and Mirror Iris. Yes, Iris and Mirror Iris. Working... Uh, and, and real quick with Nash, I, I did find it funny that, um, you know, we... That whole like uh, subplot there, where um, Mirror Iris was uh, pretending to look for uh, the diary, uh, you know, of uh, Nora's, right? And and Nash was looking for uh, Harry's diary, and on the cover of the diary, it says the diary of of Harry Wells. And it just made me think, do all these characters have their own diaries? Well, we've got so many characters on this show now. We've got to have ways for the other characters to learn about them. And since Cisco's gone right now and can't be asked, Nash has got to find his information out somewhere, I guess. So the natural MacGuffin, I guess, would be another diary since we've already established diaries in the previous season. 
yeah. And, and then um, and then we had Sherlock, and he had his audio diary. I think, yes, right? he did. He did in his monocle. That was kind of interesting. No place to put to keep that. But uh, pretty handy. No, oh, absolutely. Something he always takes with him is little magnifying glass monocle thingy. Yeah. And and Ralph does have his book of love and yep. other the book of Ralph. So they're not dire. Yeah, they're not necessarily diaries, but uh and then we also have um Cisco's diary on the CW site. Although that's more uh extra stuff from the show. Mm. I wonder if uh Frost has one. I don't know. Doesn't seem likely though. Frost doesn't seem like the diary keeping type. Uh, you never know. That would be a, you know. No, you always have to keep that option open. True. I mean, this enough. is a universe where uh, Rory Heatwave on uh, the CW uh, on uh, Legends of Tomorrow is a uh, romance novelist. So uh, under a female pseudonym. Yes. So. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say that everyone's working on some sort of writing project, but uh, we just don't see it. Yeah, that's all happening off screen. <laughs> I know, but I, I just I like my uh, my uh, idea of this universe. But but yeah, no, it just it just did make me laugh though that <laughs> they were both down there for uh, for diaries and journals. Right. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time with with Ralph and Sue in this episode, but like, in terms of what what happens and everything, like, I don't really have much to say about. Uh, like, it was all fun. Oh, absolutely! And, like, I and I enjoyed their like uh, their interplay. You know, them taking out the security guard and taking the the diamond and everything. Um to uh you know the fight at the end um i i do think it, it's funny that um i guess it, it's a little disappointing too that i guess you know it was made up but um you know the, that she was running from a john boring when uh if you are familiar with the comics um in um identity crisis which is the uh storyline crossover event where uh, that kicked off with um, Sue Dibney uh, Dearborn uh, being um, murdered and there being a murder mystery of who killed her. Um, it was uh, Jean Loring, who is uh, who was the ex-wife of uh, Ray Palmer, mm. who uh, performed, uh, who uh, killed off um, Sue because she was having uh, mental problems. Um, which not not a big fan of, of all of that, but um, and we did have Gene Loring in Arrow in a small bit role in season two, where she was the um, lawyer for um, Oliver's mother for when she was on trial. Um, so I, this was a moment where I thought, oh, that's kind of a a funny little uh, gender swap there with uh, with John Loring and fitting that in with the comics, but. 
again, that was all a, a red herring. Yep, yep, all a red herring is, well, there's a lot of gender swapping I've noticed that goes on in the CW-verse in regards to DC. Because I think we were talking last week about the new Mirror Master, and I think I said something about, hey, maybe they'll gender bend it. And it looks like they did. Looks like Eva is going to be the new Mirror Master. Or at the very least, Mirror Master-like. Seeing she has some sort of control over that mirror. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And again, it makes me sad because I, I really like uh, Evan McCullough. Um, I think that's his, his first name. But uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Scottish Mirror Master. Um and I'll be disappointed if they don't end up doing that. But, um, you know, I at least think this character's interesting. Um, you know, you know, we spent some time with, uh, with real Iris and, uh, Ava in, uh, in the mirror world. And, uh, you know, she's a little off her rocker a bit, which, uh, understandable when you're, isolated for, right like six years or something like that like she's basically mm-hmm. been in there since uh the particle accelerated exploded in the first season yes so yeah so six years crazy. of isolation you should be a little off your rocker right and but at least uh you know they had the nice callback with uh thinking about, you know, using, uh, uh, like with the mm-hmm. original Mirror Master and, and trying to escape using uh, Absolute Zero, um, which, you know, led to Ava starting to understand her powers a bit. Right. Like she actually just discovered that she had powers of any kind right then and there. Because... Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like she got angry and then whoop, here we go. Have a mirror piece in your hand. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Um, I did really like um, the scene at the end where she's looking at the mirror at uh, the reflection, you know, through the mirror at mm-hmm. Barry and Barry is suddenly turns and looks at the mirror that she's in. Right. And I thought that was actually might be my favorite little small moment of the entire episode. Uh, even though, you know, I generally did like the episode. Um, you know, the more I think about it, the more, yeah, it's not super consequential, but I think it's a necessary episode to kind of forward things. You know, we're, we're it's more just a character introduction with this episode, less than a, a plot heavy one. Which is okay, right? Right. Um, but uh, you know, this—it's little moments like this that I, I really dig, and uh, just uh, nice, subtle use of, you know, of acting. You know, for uh, Barry and Iris there. Speaking of subtle, their Flash story arc is very subtle right now. I don't, I don't know if you noticed or anybody at home noticed that Barry seems to be slowing down somewhat. And I don't necessarily mean his speed, but he briefly mentioned that he was still sore from all the stuff that went on with uh, Goldface and uh, Amunet Black 
in this episode. It was just a very brief, almost throwaway line, but I think they're setting something up. Hmm. You might be right. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, it was right in the first little bit of the episode, within the first 10 minutes or maybe 15, when uh, Iris and Mirror Iris and Barry are at home and she's working at her computer and she's got the Mirror Gun blueprints and all the black hole stuff out on the thing and Barry's coming in, throwing his jacket on, I guess getting ready to go over to the to the precinct. And uh, he says, man, I'm still kind of sore from... Uh, our last run in there with uh, Goldface and Aminette. I wonder what's going on. And then they just smoothly go into uh, what's going on with Mirror Iris and her quest for the mirror gun. Yeah, no, I mean, if they mentioned it, then I think, you know, they won't just simply throw that line away and not have it mean something. No, not likely. They don't typically use throwaway lines for something that important. Right. Because we've been seeing little things just here and there when we do see Barry um, since Crisis. Like the uh, instance, I think it was in the first episode back from Crisis, where Barry's lightning went a little weird on him when he was with Diggle over on Lee and Yu. And there is some debate on whether what color that lightning was, whether it was yellow, orange, or red, going around on the internet right now. Um, there's some... Um, then well, there's not much mentioned about it in the Valentine's episode, and, and there's that line today. So, obviously something's up with the Flash powers. But it's just being put in very subtly. Yeah. That's a good point. Although I have to admit, my curiosity is up as to what Mirror Iris is up to with that mirror gun. I know what she says, but what's actually going on there? That's my curiosity. That's what's bringing me back to it next week. Although just from you know, having been on IMBD, I know we're probably not going to get too much of that next week since it's a Grodd episode. Uh, you know... Mirror Iris is... I, I like this storyline. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, there was the you know the scene in the beginning where she asks Barry for the mirror gun, and he tells her no. And when he goes to run off, um, and he gives her... And he says goodbye, and uh, you know he leans in for the kiss, and uh, Iris just kind of gives him his kiss and kind of looks away. And as soon as I saw that, I, I turned to my wife, and I was like, Oh, he's in trouble. That's mm. the, that's the. I'll accept a kiss from you, but uh, I am not very happy with you right now. Look, um, and then uh, at the end of the episode, when he, uh, and of course, you know, when Barry's with Joe, and Joe's like, "Oh, you should give her the gun. We can trust her," and <laughs> and, and all that going on, and finally we get. Uh, where she gets finally gets the mirror gun and walks off, and she has that little smirk as she walks away. You know, it's 
it, it makes me wonder what is mirror iris is it simply is it iris it's just like the is it simply the a mirror version of iris or is it somebody that's taken iris's form yeah that's uh that's an interesting thought because we've got mirror iris but no mention of a mirror eva anywhere because she's been assumed dead since the particle accelerator exploded so we don't have like a mirror eva running black hole it's her husband running black hole um. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the the mirror iris version, and, and I don't I think we touched on it a bit last week, but it, it's interesting to me because in in some respects, mirror iris is a more interesting character than regular iris because she's more take charge, she's more. I need to be in the field. She's just more what fans have wanted Iris to be. Yet, yeah, she's she's not more idealized. Yeah, no, she's the more idealized version of Iris. Man, I will say, you know, it's it's a very interesting uh, mystery that we have. uh, You know, like I said, nothing's been super exciting, you know, with this episode. But again. And it's funny, I, when I went on to IMDb to read the um, the synopsis, there was a, a reader review and they gave this episode like two out of ten and saying, what does this show become? And I don't necessarily agree with that. I think if you're going to give that review to, to the show, I think there's plenty of other moments in previous seasons that kind of deserve that rating um, or that feeling. Um, a low cicada storyline. Um, yeah, but uh, again, I, I feel like, you know, this is setting up a, a longer, you know, the long game, um, right, which right. I'm, I'm really happy about, you know, we, have, we don't have, you know, we have, um, ultraviolet and Dr. Light to kind of appear here and there and be a general nuisance, but, um, you know, we haven't really seen who the, the big bad will officially be. We have feelings that it's probably going to be Ava, but, you know, you just don't know. And then there's that, that diamond. Yes. That's, uh, you know, that has a lot of questions. And one theory that I'm wondering that could be is I wonder if it's um, the, um, this um, thing called, uh, that's uh, Eclipso. Um, the Eclipso Jewel or something like that, where it's um, it's this villain that's... Um, there was a really cool um, um, Justice uh, Justice League episode the, from the animated show where they had um, Eclipso and the, this jewel that, you know, that didn't... It was purple rather than, you know, a diamond-looking thing. But uh, if the shards, like, were embedded in you, basically it turned, you know, you evil... And so the Flash had to take on an evil Justice League. Mm. Uh, and um, Gene Loring, who who killed Sue, uh, became Eclipso. And uh, I'm not exactly sure. Sh- I think she had, uh, Eclipso has like, um, 
dark powers. I'm not exactly sure. I, I, I'll have to look up more about this character, but we have, you know, the character, you know, Eclipso, which we're dealing with, you know, it's not a black hole, but it's dealing with, you know, the solar system with, right. uh, you know, the, the moon, you know, you know, something covering the sun. And so I feel like there's a connection there. No, I agree with you. There's a definite connection there because a lot of the themes of the second half of the season here are light related. Um, Barry's lightning acting up, Dr. Light, Ultraviolet, Mirror Master. All of it yeah, scientifically can be tied back to light. Yeah. So I think um, I think we might be looking at a, a Eclipso at some point. And again, if you haven't seen that episode on uh, Justice League, I highly recommend it because it's a it's a good one. But that whole that whole series is really good. Yeah. So again, we have another episode that, while not, well, I can't say not the greatest. It was pretty good, like you said. Lots of fun with this episode. Just not too much to talk about. It was pretty straightforward. Yeah, no, again, this isn't, uh, you know, it's not going to be something that, you know, is like a landmark episode or anything. Um, But again, I feel like it's all setting up for, you know, I think, you know, later on this season. Very likely. Very likely. Okay. Well... The way I see it is we might as well call it here because we really don't have that much left to talk about. No. You know, lots of, it's a, you know, smaller episode, but, um, you know, so with some nice moments in there. So I, I definitely like this a lot more than I did last episode. Speaking of last episode, there is one other thing that I'm pretty sure some, uh, some listeners and even you will find a little bit amusing. I just found out last week that, the pastor of my church watches the flash. So last week for the Valentine's when the Valentine's day episode was on, he, he, he talked about this during uh, the adult Bible study at our, our church. I wasn't in it. So I got this second hand from my wife because I was, you know, with the, the worship team, you know, doing the sound booth stuff. And uh, during the Bible study, he was making an illustration on something or other but his illustration involved the Valentine's Day episode of The Flash because he went home, he'd had a bad day. I guess he used, he watches The Flash on Wednesday or on Tuesday nights if he just to, you know to unplug as a fun episode. And then it was just a bad episode and he actually referenced the fact that the Valentine's Day episode was a bad episode during his lesson at Sunday school. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, universally, it just seems like it wasn't. Uh, my, my wife uh, didn't mind it, but I think she's the only one that I know that thought it was uh, okay. Yeah, it was not. But anyway, that's enough about last week's episode. Next week, we're not talking about Valentine's Day episode anymore. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, everybody, we're going to call it here. So if you do want to follow us throughout the week on Twitter and Instagram and pretty much any social media you can find that I'm on. I'm at DRAllen201. I like to keep it simple. 
The show is on Twitter at Barry V. Eobard. And new this week is there is a Facebook profile that you can go to and catch the shows live there now. It's going live right now there. I will leave a link in the description. I have a quick link set up, so that will be in the descriptions. Um, email, of course, reverseflashtime at gmail.com for the show. Greg, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at uh, Greg Soros. That's G-R-E-G-Z-O-R-Z. And you can always go to maplecitymedia.wixsite.com slash home to uh, the website that houses all the various social media product, products and projects that uh, I'm involved in and whatnot, the home of our, our show here. And you can also watch live there, whatever you want to do. Send us emails, all kinds of things. But anyway... Catch you next week, everybody. Chat with you later. Speed Force, a Maple City Media production.